0: Hey, here's episode 37 of the Fire Rescue Wellness Podcast, where I sat down with my guest, Tara Cornett. Did you know that the World Health Organization has declared firefighting a cancer-causing career? Did you also know that there are products on the market that can help you decontaminate your skin and your hair after a fire? Tara is the founder and inventor of the Flame Soap Products. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for joining me on the Fire Rescue Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, A.Z. I find the research and resources, and then provide the fire service with the So What, Now What, to ensure the health and well-being of every member of our profession. Together, let's thrive. Hello, fire rescue wellness podcast listeners. It's your host, AZ, and today I am here with Tara Cornett from Flame Soap. Tara, say hello to the podcast people. Hi, thanks for having me today, AZ. Well, and thanks for coming on the show. I know we had a little bit of, uh, we we scheduled way out and then you got sick, you didn't feel so good, so I'm really glad we were able to reschedule.
1: Me too, thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as always, we're going to start with the rapid fire interrogation. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. Who is Tara Cornett?
1: Let's see. I am the founder and inventor, if you will, of Flame Natural Decon, which is, um, it might be a little biased, but the best personal decon soap that you can get for um, post-fire decon. Um, I am a veteran and a fire sister And um, daughter to the best salt-of-the-earth mama and daughter as well to um, my dad who passed 17 years ago, but he is who I get my fire from. So that's who I am.
0: (laughs) So was dad a firefighter or he's responsible for your fiery personality?
1: He is responsible for my passionate fiery personality, yes.
0: (laughs) Okay, I thought that's what you meant. Excellent. Excellent. Tara, what sets your soul on fire?
1: Gosh, I honestly, it's going to sound cliche, but it's what I do. Like I love flame natural decon and working with firefighters and doing what I do for a living. Um, but also I love when other people within the fire service have ideas on how they can have organizations or businesses to make the fire service better. Um, that truly just sets my soul on fire and just like, Doing that brainstorming and getting the ideas and helping them get their idea going. I think that, like, together we can all make this fire service better than we found it, and we are. And there are so many people with ideas that, like, when they tell me their ideas, I just want it to happen. Um, I don't want those ideas to die. So it sets my soul on fire and I run with it.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. And my coworker, Luke Peterson, who was my guest on episode five actually invented well several now but initially just a strap I shouldn't say just a strap he invented a simple strap to hold the uh, New York hook and the Halligan bar together and from there it's just blossomed into a company and I think he's going to be exhibiting at FDIC this year so yay firefighter so companies. cool I'm here I'll have it. to
1: swing by and meet him
0: <laughs> awesome absolutely firefighterstraps.com I'll tell Luke to look for you
1: cool and then for finally sure. last
0: question I think I know a- I think I know what the answer is, but how are you changing the world?
1: I am um, reducing the rate of cancer in the fire service. I'm helping to reduce the rate of cancer in the fire service. It's, tr- it's just the honor of my life, and, and it's what I love. And
0: unfortunately, it is so pervasive, and we're finding out it's happening more and more and more. And so I just really want to... I wanna get into it. You you spoke a little bit about what motivated you to get into your business, but let's hear some more backstory. I'm picturing Tara in her kitchen with her, you know, large size chili cauldron make you know making up soap. Is this how it happened? Or tell me the whole story. I gotta know.
1: It totally is. Okay, so there's some backstory before I got there, but you're absolutely right. Like the first batches of soap were made in my kitchen when I lived in a 700 square foot one bedroom house. Like there was not room for a business here, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, the first batches of soap were made there. The idea was was born there. Um, and before I launched, I moved. So I had a, a bigger home and a, a space for a business. Um, but so what got me into it was, um, so my mom actually was retiring from her job, and she wanted um, kind of some extra income in retirement. Um, and an idea that I brought to her one day was because she, she'd been bugging my brother for a fire mom, the helmet that says fire mom sticker on it, for so long, right? And my brother, being the busy firefighter that he was, just forgot about it, you know, but not that he didn't care. He just, it just took a while. (laughs) So the idea I had for her was, why don't, why don't you, you know, start a gear and gifts company for firefighters, um, where you can make these stickers and supply them to other, you know, fire moms, fire sisters, whatever. And she loved it. Um, so she started it and then asked for my help. So she and I really launched this business together and about six months into it, she, she decided that she was ready to, to be fully retired. Her life has changed, decided she was ready to be fully retired. <laughs> yeah. So, and I didn't feel like I've always been one that like just needs to make an impact on the greater good. Like I have to be working towards the greater good. And yes, morale is a great cause. It's something that we need within the fire service, within our fire families. I didn't feel like it was my calling though. So I was talking to one of my best friends about that and just kind of my, my frustration with um, not feeling like I truly belonged where I was. Now, I, I have to be connected to, um, to like the fire service or the military or that kind of environment because that's, that's who I am. That's, that's the culture I belong to, right? But I wasn't fulfilling my mission. Um, and he recommended that I change our mission to firefighter wellness um, and get products in th- that fulfill that mission. Um, and he said, you know, he's like, I really think that would help you feel better about this. So I thought about it a few days because I just spent the last six months building this gear and gifts business, right? <laughs> so I thought about it a few days and decided you're right. And then spent weeks doing research just on activated charcoal and how it works. And, okay, it adsorbs, but how does that happen? Um, And really figured out the science behind activated charcoal and how it works and how it was being used in the fire service already um, and how it could be better. Um, The way that I'm doing it removes all sizes of toxins, where the way that some other companies are doing it and and out of the fire service are only removing certain sizes of toxins. So my formulations remove all sizes of toxins, um, but yeah, I, I did that research and then I reached out to um, a, a lab that, that develops these kind of pro- these kind of uh, formulations and products, and worked with their scientists to develop the formulations around them. Um, so while they're playing in their lab, I'm playing in my lab kitchen. <laughs> I have a video of it. I should post it. I'll post it when when we when this releases. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of what got me here.
0: So Tara, what I'm hearing is basically your mom bullied you into starting a business and then she bounced.
1: Is that accurate?
0: <laughs> Um, sorry mom just kidding mom
1: (laughs) no um she she got me kind of going on on you know running a business again and then um my best friend just kind of pointed me in the direction of a firefighter wellness and I realized that this was something missing for firefighters um that this was a product that that firefighters truly needed to to properly decon
0: and the more I read about your products, the more fascinated, fascinated that I am. But one of the things that I learned from your product sheet, which I didn't know before, there are different types of charcoal that take care of different sizes of contaminants. Can you kindergarten level that down for everyone to, to sort of understand what that means?
1: Totally. Okay. So activated charcoal is derived from different resources. Coal, peanut shells, coconut shells, I mean, all kinds of different things. Um, Hardwood, all kinds of different things. So each of these, when they're steamed at high temperatures and um, activated, if you will, these pores are formed inside of them. So holes are formed inside of them, and then they become charged to draw toxins into them. So they truly attract them. So think about, think like a sponge and then a magnet, like a magnetic sponge, if you will. So when, yeah. So when, when these charcoals, um, come in contact with carcinogens, with these toxins, they draw them in. And then with those pores, the toxins have to be the right size to get stuck in those pores. So You have to, if you have a toxin that's too large, it's going to go right around. If it's too small, it's going to pass right through that sponge, if you will. So let's take an example like coconut activated charcoal. Coconut activated charcoal, or activated charcoal derived from coconut shells, if you will, has very small pores in it. Um, So that's going to be really good at capturing things like colors, odors, gases, stuff like that. Um, but other things are going to, so that's, that's going to go, those things are going to go into those pores, get trapped, and carried away with the activated charcoal. Anything larger than that, though, is going to go around it. So anything larger than two microns is going to go right around that and can remain on your skin. Um, now take, for example, just kind of a comparison, a carcinogen like soot. Soot ranges in size from 0.01 to 1,000 microns. So if you're only removing everything under two microns, you're leaving the the majority of that soot can remain on your skin um, and continue to be um, absorbed into your skin. So that's why we use a, a proprietary blend of four different activated charcoals to remove all sizes of toxins.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And as you were talking, I was thinking, all right, I know that the polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons are a danger. The PFAS that we've been talking about, that's a danger. What other things might we be encountering that could be endangering us?
1: Oh, I mean, you take almost everything that's burning in that in that house that you're going into and that has toxins in it i mean you've got combustible gases hair and makeup products plastics auto emissions if you have those burning um diesel particulates which you're going to get in the firehouse gasoline household cleaning products paints and stains um, glues adhesives all kinds of stuff used in building construction um garbage within the house drywall ceiling tiles, wall panels. I mean, you name it. They all have these top carcinogens known to cause cancer in firefighters.
0: And then we bring it back to the firehouse.
1: Yeah. Yep. You bring it back to the firehouse. Um, That's why it's really important that you leave as much of it on scene as you can with your gross decon and using things like fire wipes to get your exposed areas and get as much of it off your skin as soon as possible as you can. Um, and then you're bagging your gear so that it's not, you know, getting into the firehouse, cleaning it, um, traipsing as little back into the firehouse as possible because it's, it's been shown that all these carcinogens are in your living areas, your, your eating areas, stuff like that. So
0: I think that more of the departments that I'm familiar with are doing that gross decon process on the scene potentially bagging that gear but I think there's probably departments out there that still aren't doing that. So give us the play by play. What would that look like? I'm done fighting the fire. I come out, I doff my gear or I mean I'm sorry, I doff my air pack. Now what happens?
1: Yeah, so you're going to want to um if you have you know protocol and the equipment to wet wash brush yourself outside of the apparatus before you get in and then take off that gear if not at the very least you know dry brush but with with your mask on still i mean it, the thing is with with your dry brushing you are you're picking that stuff into the air so you're more likely to breathe it and i know there's so much you're breathing on scene anyway Um, But it's all about mitigation here. Um, So you want to leave as much on scene as you can by by either, you know, wet or dry decon, brushing off and leaving as many carcinogens on scene. And then you're going to take off your turnout gear and bag that, seal it up. And if you can, put it in a separate sealed compartment on the apparatus till you get back and then take it out and... Take it to your gear wash station, which is hopefully out in the bay, um, and never bring that into the firehouse, into your personal vehicle, into sleeping areas, anything like that.
0: So basically, Dennis Leary on Rescue Me was totally doing it wrong when he was <laughs> sitting around in his gear in the uh, in the couches and on the chairs. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. That wasn't a good example, Dennis. A few years ago, my department invested... It's kind of a nifty little machine. You put basically some Dawn dishwashing soap in a little receptacle. It's almost like a foam operation for a um, flammable liquids fire, but it's a a little uh, soapy situation where they're spraying you down, and then they rinse you off, and then you take it off, like Tara said, put it in an outside compartment, and then if you can... Oftentimes we try to let that gear off gas a little bit before we put it into the gear washer. But I think we're doing a pretty decent job of that at my department. So we're back now at the station. They're always going to want us to get our rig back in service before we do anything else. So now we're ready to take our shower. What is our best procedure for deconning ourselves at this point?
1: So as far as your own personal shower, I've developed these products. So it's as simple as truly trading out the soap that you're using now with this, with flame decon soap. Um, those four proprietary blend of those four charcoals in there, the blend of activated charcoal is going to take care of it for you. Make sure that you are, you know, washing your entire body, washing your hair and scalp, um, to get all of those off. But, Best practice is simply just to trade it out. Um, it, there's people out there that are going to say, cold shower first. Well, then that's sealing the, the, the carcinogens that have already gotten into your pores in. Some are going to say, hot, hot shower. Well, that's opening your pores further. So let's just take your regular shower, use the products that we know work um, and get all of those off of your skin. I ordered,
0: it was before Christmas, because I was very intrigued by all your little Christmas scents. And so I actually ordered them for my crew. And then, of course, we haven't had a fire (laughs) since I ordered the soap. But I remember, I'm thinking back to previous fires, and I would go back, immediately take a shower, usually shampoo my hair twice... And still smell smoke in my hair for usually two to three days afterwards. So I'm assuming with the flame soap, that's not going to happen.
1: Nope, that's not going to be the case. And that's 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 one of the beauties of it is it's you know not only taking away those carcinogens, but when you take away those carcinogens, it's taking away the odors of the carcinogens because you're taking them off, um, which is really cool. And it's one of those things that um, I've heard. Feedback from a lot of firefighters that it's so nice that they don't have to walk around with, especially female firefighters, with their hair smelling for days at a time. You can wash it once and then you're not walking around stinking for days.
0: (laughs) I remember showing up at, at a I think we had a fire and then I traveled home for something. It was years ago. I remember showing up at home and my family is like, why do you smell like a rotten barbecue? Oh, <laughs> sorry, folks. I yeah. know I was I was very sad. But yeah, it, it, you, you just couldn't get it off of your skin. So, you know, we missed a step. Actually, we both missed a step of the deconning at the scene. You you has, you said it earlier. But when we were talking about deconning at the scene, we didn't specifically say addressing your skin, you know, your neck, your face, your hands with those wipes. Yeah. And so tell me just a little bit about that. Decontera.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're actually partnered with Fire Wipes um, for that very reason because we we know and believe in their product and know that if you use those on scene to remove as many of the carcinogens as you can right there, um, you're better off. I mean, you need to get all of the toxins off of you as soon as possible. That's why we say shower ASAP. I mean, yes, it's shower within the hour, but if you can get there faster, get there faster. Um But definitely remove as many as you can, especially, you know, in those highly sensitive areas of your ears and your neck and your face where where everything's being really absorbed.
0: You shared some data with me after FDIC, which was really cool. It was a very, very small sample size of one person, but it was really, really compelling data. Tell me about... That little trial or test that you ran at FDIC this year,
1: for sure. So when I first launched, I reached out to so many different um, of these independent testing labs to see about testing my products, and none of them were able to test on the skin of firefighters, which we know is so important for a product like this. The testing on plastic or orange peel or pig skin is just not the same as testing on an actual firefighter. Um, So then year before last at FDIC, I met the lab that I work with and they do skin testing. They have these pucks that you can test on the skin. Um, so I worked with um, Eckert Fire Tactics and their guys during one of their live burns. And after they were done with a live burn at FDIC last year, um, they use these pucks to rub all over their body And one of their guys, um, their stoker actually, who had the most carcinogens on him, um, rubbed all over his body so that we'd have that that baseline of afterwards. And then he used Flame Decon shampoo and body wash and used another puck to rub all over his body in the same areas. Um, And then went and met with them after that was done. And right on site, was able to take it over to my lab because they were there again, dropped those off with them. They got back to to their facility and were able to run those. And and when they ran those two, they ran it against a blank puck as well, one that had never been used. Um, So you can see on the chart, um, and you can see it on our website, um, where after the training burn, there's so many carcinogens on the skin. Um, After using flame, it's almost identical to the blank puck to where it has removed carcinogens to the point of non-detectable. All of the detectable carcinogens after that training burn were non-detectable after using flame, Um, which is huge for flame, huge for firefighters, huge for the fire service in general, really shows that, that this product that we've developed very intentionally to remove all sizes of toxins is doing just that.
0: I was really, really excited about that data. And you know what? We will put the link to the page that that data is on on Tara's website. We'll put that in the show notes so you can click on it and see what we're talking about. I was ready to move on, but not quite yet. I just thought of something. When I was a newer firefighter, we had, I'll call it a rash of cancer cases. That's probably not the right word. Epidemic, that's not the right word either. But we had several cases of not the firefighter, but the wife, breast cancer, brain tumor, a couple of different other um, less common cancers. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered, is it possible that our firefighters are taking that garbage home to their families Tara, what do you say?
1: Absolutely. And it's so scary. It's something actually I was just talking about um, with a good friend of mine this morning. And one, if firefighters are not properly doing their decon at work and showering before they go home to their families, they themselves are bringing it home to their families. But also, until recently, we didn't know about all these carcinogens in turnout gear as it even comes out of the factory. So there were and still are companies out there making purses and wallets and diaper bags and you name it, household goods, because they're cute items, um, but for fire families. And there are so many carcinogens in these turnout gear, even if they're brand new, that you are now carrying around in your purse, putting your baby's clothes and diapers up against, Um, If you take photos of your baby on turnout gear, even if it's brand new, there's still carcinogens on those. Um, And we're just learning about all of this and exactly where they are. But this is one of those things. Now that we know better, we have to do better because you're absolutely right. Our families are being exposed completely unintentionally, but they're being exposed.
0: Oh my gosh! I didn't even think about. I always thought it was a little bit scary to put that newborn naked baby on the turnout coat or in the boots. I always thought, oh, I'm not sure if I would do that. But I didn't ever think about those purses and wallets and
1: wow, yeah, absolutely. S-H-A-T. And a lot of those are used too. They're they're upcycled, if you will. Um, and now that we know, like one of the big dangers is. When they're when they're finishing off um, turnout gear in the factory, they're putting PFAS chemicals on the outside to keep fuels and oils and waters and other particulates from from penetrating and getting through to your skin, right? Um, and it has that layer has high levels of fluorine, and when it comes out of the factory. The the levels are very high. And over time, it breaks down and those levels go down. But what that breakdown means is that it's breaking down and it's breaking down into this dust that every time that we can't wash out because it's breaking down actively. So every time we touch the turnout gear, whether it be the firefighter touching it for a call or to move it in the apparatus or family touching it because they own one of these items or taking pictures with it, um, they're getting that on their hands the rest of your body, depending on where it is, um, and quite possibly inhaling it, ingesting it, um, absorbing it into your body.
0: Oh my God, people let that sink in for a second. I am mortified right now. Yeah,
1: it's so scary.
0: Tara and I, we've had a few conversations back and forth in the DMs on Instagram, and one of the things that both of us are just adamantly against is doing physical fitness training in your turnout gear. Now, don't get it twisted. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. There is no good justification for doing jumping jacks, um, rowing, biking, push-ups. There's no good justification from a physical training standpoint of doing that. I do understand you need to get in your gear. You need to be able to move in it. You need to be able to do firefighter-specific skills. So yes, you should be in your gear, throwing a ladder, uh, perhaps crawling, dragging a dummy. I get it. But doing physical fitness training in your gear is <laughs> its just such a risk for no reward. And recently, Tara had a little bit of um, a conversation with a firefighter group that was really mad at her for for talking about that can you give us just give us some more insight into this whole situation tara
1: absolutely yeah i think that um we really need to differentiate between training and working out first you absolutely have to preach it sister preach it yeah you have to train as you fight you have to train and that means you know training when you're when you're um, on shift, getting out there throwing ladders, pulling O's, I mean doing what you do to train. but when you are working out every day, when you're you know doing hit workouts, running, um, messing with your sandbag, wearing a weighted vest and doing workout, th- there's no reason to be wearing your turnout gear and further exposing yourself. If you're a firefighter who is doing your training and working out every day, you are, you have that agility in your turnout gear. There is no reason that you need to be working out in your turnout gear to further that agility. You are an in-shape, fit firefighter who who knows, who knows your job. Um, so mitigate that risk and reduce your exposures by, you know, and if you if you want to train for agility while you're working out. Work out in sweats, put on a weighted vest, use the sandbags, use a kettlebell, um, those kind of things instead of working out in your turnout gear.
0: So I'm going to give you the common um, pushback that I get. The first one is, well, I have a special set of clean gear for working
1: out. Go. So that, that circles right back to what we were just talking about, though in that um, there are PFAS chemicals in all three layers of your turnout gear. The moisture barrier, the moisture barrier is then um, mechanically finished with another layer of PFAS chemicals. And then there is the, the layer of chemicals on the outer, outer layer um, that's full of fluorine that's breaking down that you are ingesting, absorbing, um, and inhaling as you work out.
0: Thank you very much. Next objection. Yeah, bro, but I got to get used to being hot and being able to endure the heat.
1: Again, I think this is training. We do training burns. We do we do all kinds of things to get used to that. You've been to academy. You do your training. You go to live fire events. Um I just don't think that you need to be in your turnout gear daily. And if you want that heat um, while working out, then work out in sweats, work out in a hot room, um, go into a, a hot yoga room and do your HIIT workout if you want. Um, make sure you're doing, doing a lot of hydration as well. But yeah, find other ways to get yeah. that heat then.
0: I agree, and there's this perception that as long as you're hot, sweaty, and tired, you got a good workout. But really, you can get hot, sweaty, and tired, and not have a very effective training session. So just just to drive these points home, even if your department issued you a brand new set of gear, it's never so much as been on a call. It's still too much of a risk. To work out in that gear due to those PFAS chemicals. Number two, even when you're sending your soiled gear through a commercial extractor, you are not able to extract all of those carcinogens out of the gear. Which leads me to another question. Is there a product, and actually if there isn't a product we need to be partners, is there a product an activated charcoal product to use to wash turnout gear?
1: There is not. There are products out there on the market to wash turnout gear, um, but there is not an activated charcoal product to to wash turnout gear. I have had firefighters reach out to me before and tell me that they had put the shampoo and body wash into a bucket and washed their hood and their gloves and, and you name it. Um, and they said that it works great. It comes out. Not smelling anymore, um, which is a good sign that it's working good to to remove those carcinogens. Um, certainly not as I developed it, but if it's working for them, it's working for them. So,
0: hmm, more to follow. Annette and yeah. Tara may have <laughs> a soap, <laughs> a commercial soap for the extractor. More Let's to come. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, girl. So, I have one more major question before we start to wrap up because firefighting is not the only exposure that we have. Like I said, Tara and I are in the DMs a lot and we were talking about makeup and nail polishes and household cleaners and all of those things. And so if someone is really taking this to heart and saying, I am going to live a more decontaminated fire life, so I'm going to go through those processes of cleaning my gear and cleaning myself. But also, I want to take the next steps to start sort of cleaning up my home life. Any tips you might give them? Totally.
1: So, <laughs> um, so one day I was, you know, just scrolling Instagram and saw this ad for a um, at-home nut milk maker, one of those like blender type things that you put nuts into it. It makes nut milk for you. And the gal in the ad is pointing to the back of a container of store-bought nut milk and pointing at all the seed oils and stuff like that in it, um, pointing out how, how bad those are for you. And at the same time, this woman in the ad has, um, uh, fake nails on what, what's the name for it? Um, acrylics, acrylic nails on. Yes. Thank you. um, and there's carcinogens in acrylic nails. Um, so I think that like you you have to take a step back and kind of just evaluate your whole life if you're wanting to do that. Now, I also think though, and one of my biggest fears with this and why I think it's about you know routine and, and trading out products you're already using for products that work better for you, is because one of my biggest fears is that people are gonna be like, Everything gives you cancer. I'm not doing this. It's too overwhelming. Um, So one of my tips here is take the time. Take a few hours and go through everything that you use every day. Go through the hair products that you use. Take a look at your cookware. Go through the cleaning products that you use, the hand soap that you use, the foods that you eat on a regular basis. And just see what's in those. Look at the ingredients and see what's in those. Um, do some research. There's there's a website um, EWG, which is great for looking up ingredients um, to, that will tell you if a if an ingredient is good or not. Um, so go through, you know, take a few hours to do that with your everyday things, so that then you know and you can do some research and swap out the things that aren't good for you and start using those daily. I think that if you can do that and get your, your everyday items to where those are just swapped out and that's what you use, you're doing so much better for yourself. Um, and then that sets you on a path where it's not overwhelming. And if you introduce new things to your life, then you can research that one thing and, and make sure that it's good for you and your family.
0: I like it. Small, small sustainable changes.
1: Yeah. I like that very much. And I will put that
0: EWG website in the show notes for awesome. you. Awesome,
1: Perfect. Thank you.
0: So Tara, I always kind of end with, was there something that you wanted to talk about that I blew it and I didn't ask you? Or do you have some parting thoughts for us to sort of wind down the show? Hmm. And if not, that's totally okay. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I have interviewed Tara to death. She has absolutely nothing left in her. <laughs> how about how about we do this? Yeah. We will definitely put the website so that you can check out the products, the bar soap and the body wash. I got the bar soap for my crew and Tara was really sweet. She sent me a body wash. So again, haven't had a fire yet. Haven't had a chance to to try it, but I'm excited to do so. And with that, we will bid you having a wonderful day. And this has been AZ and Tara, and we are out.